I V M. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Triangle Offense. This is Monish and as always I'm joined by Nishant. We had a pretty silent day in the NBA, just three games. The Jazz continued their winning streak. I, for a moment, I thought that the Knicks were going to run away with this. Austin Rivers looked like he was Steph Curry. Yes. But then the second half came and then he looked like Austin looked Rivers like again. Was, yeah. <laughs> but uh, pretty silent day. I thought we can use this to go back on our uh, earlier voting of the MVP and the other awards. And we'll see how we stand and we'll see if we had to give the MVP awards today, who would be our picks? So. As looking at the number of names that would come up in discussion, and they're the obvious candidates, right? And I have eight names for you: Luca, Jokic, uh, LeBron, Giannis, Steph, because he's lighting it up, Embiid, who has been, uh, who's been surreal this season, yeah. KD, he's been. Uh, Brooklyn Nets have been ordinary, but KD has been exceptional. It doesn't look like he's taken a season and a half hmm. to get to this, right? And uh, Paul George, he's shooting brilliant. Clippers are. Second in the Western Conference, yeah. So who who would be a pick from the word go and why? Oh, there's. Um, it, first of all, again, this is 18 games into the season. A true. B. Uh, in true fashion, true to ourselves, we I mm-hmm. have no recollection of what our start of the season picks were, which is <laughs> convenient. You said Luca, I said AD. AD is not even in the top eight. Yeah, AD is there right away. <laughs> Yeah, AD, yeah, AD, AD is a bit of a yeah. That's that's surprising, right? I think, I think he's. Um, I maybe there's some fitness concern there. Possibly, he's possibly nursing an injury or some such. Because, um, the fact that the Lakers got so much depth, if anything, should give LeBron a reason to to rest. But but yeah. he's been going as if he's got a point to prove. And maybe he does. Um, but look, I I look at the race like this right and here are the things that i value in an mvp race mm-hmm. i can't ignore team position now you don't necessarily have to be from the number one team in the league or the conference to be in the mvp race i i don't think that's uh, that's necessary mm-hmm. but you can't be underachieving on team results first of all if your team's not in playoff contention if it's not in the playoff spot i don't think you deserve an mvp shot however well you're playing it doesn't matter there's got to be mm-hmm. some um, slider weightage to to MVP voting of team outcomes. So that that kind of pretty much takes care of Jokic, though he's averaging a triple double. Now, if this was pre Russell Westbrook and Oscar yeah. Robertson was decades ago, maybe yeah. it would have made a lot of impact to see someone average a triple double regardless of team performance. Uh, that's not the case. So we've seen Russell Westbrook do it for three seasons in a row. Yes, it's incredible that a center is doing it, but mm-hmm. there's a center who's playing lights out. And whose team's also uh, dominating yeah. their conference in Embiid. True. So that kind of takes care of Jokic, right? So when I look at the MVP race, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the following six. So I'm looking at Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. It, it just seems this it's seems like a familiar race, doesn't it? Yeah. Kevin Durant, yeah. Steph Curry. Like LeBron you rewind James. the clock five years back, and yeah. the same names would come up. Yeah, exactly. All the way to the NBA Finals, it's these guys. So it's Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, LeBron James, and then the new kids on the block. The two-time reigning MVP, Giannis. I'm looking mm-hmm. at Luka Doncic, who yep. at the start of the season was the the favorite across betting leagues um, to take home the MVP. And Joel Embiid's thrown his hat into the discussion, so to speak. And, and he deserves a strong shout. And the way I look at this is, first of all, you're right. Kevin Durant's playing like he never took a day off. He's been playing yeah. incredible basketball. But he's not been playing that on both ends of the floor. Mm-hmm. 
and a lot of his numbers uh, should also be combined with the fact that he's playing more minutes per game than pretty much anyone luka yeah. comes close but durant's playing more minutes per game i guess it's his team situation but he's his numbers need to be mentioned with an asterisk that it's not on both ends of the floor his defense hasn't been great um, mm-hmm. his block stats might scream otherwise but his defense has been on and off and not quite decisive if there is such a okay. thing as defensive stat padding he's done just a little bit of that so the mm-hmm. numbers might seem better than the than the actual situation so that for me that kind of takes care of durant too his team's been kind of on kind of off now if yeah. that's the performance that steph curry puts up with golden state which is nowhere close to the kind of squad that kevin durant has mm-hmm. then you'd say all right maybe we'll consider it but with with that loaded team their records kind of be, they just got they went back to back l's against the cleveland cavaliers who really only have two players worth anything the back court of um sexton and garland and one half of the back court was absent and they still exactly. got touched back to back exactly so yep. Yeah, I'm not sold on Kevin Durant. It's it's unbelievable what he's doing, mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. off of that injury, never done before. But last I checked, that wasn't a criteria a criterion for winning the MVP. True. Because if that True. if that's the case, we've never seen a 35 year old play like LeBron played last season. But, yeah. So then he should have got the MVP. But I was clear last season that's really not a criterion. Giannis deserved the MVP last year, and it's the same rationale that I apply. It's not KD's trophy right now. we should have some new uh, award for kd something like comeback of the year or something yeah something like that don't they have you don't really deserve it yeah for sure i mean <laughs> he's but again that that would probably be a bit patronizing for kd because uh-huh. we're saying it's the best comeback of the year it's also the only real comeback of any sort True. of the year right? because steph kind of played a few games here and there kyrie did too last season so yeah. so this is the only real kind of long term comeback this year So that kind of takes care of KD. Now I'm looking at the rest of the pack, and I'll run through them quickly. Um, and before you even go yeah. there, uh, uh, you're talking about Jokic, and you mentioned Westbrook, right? There's an interesting stat I found. From 1982, there's just been one player whose team did not finish in the top three in the conference and won the MVP. Is Russell Westbrook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, exactly. That's that's exactly what I said. If if his three had his three seasons not happened, yeah. Jokic would have been like hot favorite because averaging a triple double that's ridiculous. True. But We've seen this. We've seen this time and again, and we know now that largely, if the team doesn't benefit from it, what's the point? They're going to go crash and burn in the playoffs. So, yeah, so. it's going to take a while. Steph okay, Curry. So that- I'm going to go very quickly through the rest. Uh, Steph mm-hmm. Curry, eighth place, kind of getting a look in now into the playoffs. If that team finishes top four, I- I'd give a real, real consideration to Steph Curry if his numbers are still as impressive. But as of now, no. Okay. Then we look at uh, everyone's favorite prince, Luka Doncic. The yeah. team's finally on the come up. Mm-hmm. They've got posing his back. They're easing him into the lineup. But this is still a tenth in the West team and an under five hundred team. So again, phenomenal numbers, near triple double average. Sorry, Luka Doncic, not sold. Uh, if this team again is in the top four, sure we're talking. But. This team is good enough to be top three in the West, and if if they finish anywhere less than that, that's an underachievement, and that mm-hmm. that will be a blow on his MVP. So really, when we talk about MVP, we're only looking at we've got two players left, and that's for me that's Embiid and and LeBron, because Giannis is kind of putting himself out of contention right now. It's a bit of a mm-hmm. distributed effort. Sure, his numbers look great. His numbers have always looked great for a while, but he he'll have to be all world special, hitherto unseen, all kinds of ridiculous, and improved from last season. 
because otherwise yeah. no way is getting the award for winning an mvp 3 years in a row especially having seen what he did in the post season 2 years in a row i don't think he's going to yeah. get the votes so it's lebron versus embiid it's anybody's guess both of these teams are at the top of their respective conferences i actually think it's lebron mm-hmm. because as much depth as the lakers have He's mm-hmm. still been carrying this team, and let's not act like the 76ers don't have depth either. They've added a ton of shooters. They have Ben Simmons. Tobias Harris has finally been playing. They got rid of Al Horford, which is as mm-hmm. good as adding another All Star. And Seth Curry has been shooting, I don't know, 80, 90, 95 percent from three. What's he shooting now? So with with all of this, and Doc Rivers, all of that, I think they're fairly well stacked teams wise. Lakers are definitely the stronger bunch, but then mm-hmm. you know Philly play in the East, and that's got to count for something. So. both these players are carrying their teams it's pretty close i would say lebron but i think there's an argument to be made for embiid especially when you consider that he's probably a front runner in the dpoi as well true and i would agree with the lebron pick as well and that was my pick as well the reason being embiid has not played all the games yes philly have lost whenever he's not played yeah. but uh, he's not played all the games and playing all games and being consistent and all of them count for something doesn't it now uh, at the start of the season we all thought that lebron would Till his way to the playoffs, he doesn't seem like it. Yeah, he looks like he wants his MVP. He hasn't won an MVP since his Miami days, so it's something that it it surely looks like he's gunning for, right? He went to Cleveland the other day. There was a huge hype about him going back to Cleveland and playing against Cleveland, and he torched them. He put forty six points, yeah. and this is LeBron James. Now there's, I think you got to get a new term called logo LeBron now because he's shooting three. He's shooting above forty yeah, percent. Yeah. He's shooting it at volume. There's a new side of his game that we didn't see before. He used to shoot the occasional three, but his game was not this right. And he looks like he's completely, he's completely adapted himself to new style of playing. Preserves yeah. his body a little more, but still gets those minutes, still gets those games. This is this is unreal. I mean, the yeah, we've never of- seen anything like it. Uh, but again, I, I want to keep tempering this uh, conversation with. With the reminder that none of this is why we're picking LeBron for MVP, he is playing like the MVP. It's not that he's doing it at 36. All of this is hyperbole. It's it's nice to say it it is incredible, yeah. but like I said last year during the Giannis versus LeBron debate, where I actually picked Giannis, this alone shouldn't put him over the True. top. Like I'm saying LeBron now because I genuinely think he's been the MVP so far, not because oh wow he's doing this at 36. Yeah, it's it's amazing. but he's the mvp because he's the mvp it's not because of any age um, age consideration but i i will say this if if the 76ers top the east with mm-hmm. all of those teams biting at their heels with the bucks with the nets and all of that happening in mm-hmm. the east and embiid continues to put up these kind of numbers both ends of the floor not only will embiid win dpoy he will clinch the mvp mm-hmm. and it'll take something spectacular from lebron james to do it so if we're betting on the futures embiid's probably got a better shot than lebron because the lakers don't need lebron quite to the level that um that the 76ers need embiid True. to perform the lakers need lebron in the team running the offense but production that can come from a number of places philadelphia mm-hmm. is still heavily reliant on on, on embiid and uh, i think it's it's a no contest if you're considering defense then then embiid's definitely got a shot so if it's futures uh, i'd say embiid's a uh, he's looking like a pretty good bet now but watch out for luka um, right now it, it's lebron All right, that's a nice uh, end to that topic. Let's quickly uh, run through the other awards, and if you had to sure. pick the defensive player of the year as of today, who would it be? Embiid, because yeah, I think it's a uh, yeah, I think it's fairly straightforward. Gobert is probably the only one really with a shot. Yeah. Miles Turner, my, I I hear Miles Turner mentioned a lot, but but if you really watch him play, 
India, India is one of those team defense kind of units. Everyone pitches in, mm-hmm. and Brockton's doing his thing, and and Sabonis and Miles Turner. It's a case of stats making a player look better than he actually is. Mm-hmm. He's a block machine. He's a fierce yeah. rim protector. But Embiid's a whole lot more versatile than he is. Embiid can take on uh, wings just as well as he can take on um, the, the big guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just in the low post, Embiid can kind of give you mid-range protection as well. Something that Miles Turner struggles with because he doesn't quite have the nimble feet that Joel Embiid does. So, True. in that regard, I, I think Miles, Miles Turner is a bit out of his league there. Um, between Gobert and Embiid, I, I think they're both capability-wise more or less at the same level. Mm-hmm. But Embiid's strength and, and just brute physicality gives him that much of an edge over... Uh, a lot of big men in the league and then again it's the same finesse that i mentioned and and he's probably a touch better than gobert in that department mm-hmm. that kind of puts him over the line and right now that philly team is a much better overall defensive unit than than gobert and that's going to help embiid shine through so so it's embiid for me um, gobert is in with a shout but but i think it's it's embiid's to lose from this point i mean i have to agree with that uh, i i had these two as well as my top two and i think yeah. embiid slightly edges out gobert the Jazz have been pretty uh, amazing this season. I think everyone's sleeping on them. They're yeah. third in the Western Conference and pulling out win after win after win. Gobert's been exceptional. Donovan Mitchell's been exceptional. We should do an episode on the Jazz soon. Uh, but moving on to the other awards. Oh, the Jazz, the most... by the way, the Jazz moved up to second after their... Uh, oh, yeah. Season. They won They won against yeah. the Knicks and, and the Clippers lost. So, yes, they moved yep. up a spot. Uh, who do you pick be for the most improved player? Number of candidates out there, right? And the first name that strikes out to me is Christian Wood. Yeah. Jalen Brown. Uh, Sabonis, if you could call it an improvement because he was exceptional mm. last season as well. Yeah. I mean, that, didn't they put uh, Luca in this category last year? Yes. <laughs> that <laughs> then, was ridiculous. Then, then, I mean, then just about anyone can, can be in the category. Yep. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. Colin Sexton is one more uh, yeah. candidate who deserves a shout-out <laughs> in this category. Who would your pick be for the most improved player? All of these players have been doing exceptional. Uh, you know how if it's close, the narrative kind of puts you over the line? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's really close between two guys and the better story wins. There's, it's tough to pick a better story than uh, Christian Wood. Uh, yeah. That's also backed by the numbers. I think he deserves it anyway. But even if it's close with somebody else mm-hmm. now or come the end of the season, uh, just as his story is incredible. And uh, being you know, undrafted G League, working your way to the top, uh, kind of bouncing around, not really finding a stable yeah. starting role or a franchise. To come to this dysfunctional mess called the Houston Rockets right now, mm-hmm. and amidst all of that chaos, will Harden stay? Will Harden go? Will John Wall be fit? Will Demarcus Cousins get the starting spot? For him to shine through the way he did is incredible, um, and and for me, he's it's it's not even close. Like it's his award to lose. All right, I think uh, that's a fair shot. Uh, I also had Jalen Brown as one of my uh, sure. top contenders for this because this guy was probably a top 20, top 25 player last season and now he's playing like a top 10 player. Yeah, he's not he's, in the top 10 for sure, yeah. He's been superb to watch. He's been fun to watch. Like he's yeah. improved his game, he's improved his versatility, he's driving onto the rim a lot more. He shoot the three with comfortably from the corner. I think it's it's a lock for him. And But yeah, I got to agree. I like the Christian Wood pick as yeah. well. I think numbers the, have been... the thing about Jalen Rose is he's already been so... It's a, it's a bit like Sobonis. Like he was already pretty damn amazing. And yeah. and it's insane that he's improved upon that still. Um, but but it'll be a bit like... Not quite at the same degree, but a bit like Luca, where you're already established True. 
and and then you know you're making improvements which is great but but are, are you really deserving of the award is it like a cinderella turnaround story because if there is a cinderella turnaround story then that's got to take um precedence but if he keeps this up uh, we're going to have those debates pretty soon of uh, tatum or brown who would you keep who would you trade if you had to i don't think either should be but yeah. but but if you but if you had to and they're kind of like the utah jazz of the east uh, i think yeah. everyone's sleeping on boston i think in all of this philly brooklyn milwaukee talk uh, mm-hmm. boston are the dark horses of the east they're kind of like the dallas mavs more like if not the utah jazz moving on to the last uh, two awards probably uh, the sixth man of the year any uh, any picks out there and i can think of a bunch of guys jordan clarkson for the jazz have been has been a revelation for them he's been added on that extra spark that they kind of missed last season yeah. uh, eric pascal has been great yeah. i think whenever he's missed you could see warriors how they've been struggling in the sec- okay. with the second unit so sure. he's been great harrell has been amazing again he should always deserve uh, he always deserves a shout out on this award yeah uh, uh, who do you pick Yeah I think it's between I, I don't know if I think Pascal's got a little more to prove before he can mm-hmm. uh be in the contention especially on the defensive end I feel like he still is a bit of a liability though he's improved mm-hmm. a fair amount from when he started out uh Harrell does it on both ends of the floor except yeah. when he plays Jokic where he kind of gets thrown for a toss but then who doesn't so Harrell plays both ends of the court I, I think he's a good um uh, he's a good shout but but really at this point When we talk about the Utah Jazz who are now second in the West. Think about it. They're second in the West. Yep. Donovan Mitchell didn't have a great start to the season. He's only now True. picking up. True. Gobert is not an Embiid kind of scorer as good as he is on defense. True. Conley was great in the start and then he kind of went through some amount of turbulence. So yep. there's a lot of figuring out to do in that lineup. The fact that they're still second in the West. a huge amount of that credit should go to Jordan Clarkson and his production off the bench. Mm-hmm. He's a tough beat right now for sixth man of the year. Okay, I think uh, we are in we are in agreement on that award as well because I had I had him as my pick purely because right. the Jazz results have been yeah. fascinating to watch. I mean, they've been brilliant and I think Clarkson deserves every bit of that. Yep. Okay, uh thing we got that is a, a lock in as well and uh, last award and this might be pretty interesting the rookie of the year there have been a few contenders haven't they uh, Harry yeah. Burton's been amazing for the Sacramento Kings he's been fun to watch sure. uh, James Wiseman has been fun to watch because yeah. now he looks like he's kind of settled and he yeah. feels more comfortable with that unit Draymond Green is lobbing the ball up to him setting up for amazing lobs a little so less he... inhibition really to take control of the offense true true and uh, uh who well lamelo ball he's been wow he looks like he's he belongs here and he's he didn't look like a newcomer yeah. at all and he's he even got a triple double in one game so who do you pick be there yeah he's uh, so lamelo ball definitely doesn't lack confidence um mm-hmm. i i think his numbers um he he gets a lot more freedom than the other rookies do in their respective franchises i think if you yeah. let halliburton free and mm-hmm. allow him to shine the way charlotte does for lamelo mm-hmm. I, i think you'll see a lot more from halliburton um it's it's astonishing how far behind the number one draft pick is anthony edwards like he's nowhere yeah. in this race and for good reason like he's got some yeah. numbers here and there but, uh, but i don't think he deserves to be in this race and that's surprising because it wasn't for lack of opportunity sure yeah. he's come off the bench a lot so has alberton a lot um but he's got minutes he's got shots up he's an integral part of their offense when he's on the court and there's no carl anthony towns Yep. Um so uh, that's a bit disappointing. 
I think this rookie of the year race is going to go right down to the wire. I think Wiseman will pick up and he'll get stronger and stronger with each game. I think mm-hmm. Halliburton, um, they are just now realizing in Sacramento the importance of integrating this guy further and deeper into the into the system. And uh, the better he plays, the more sense it makes for them to flip a couple of their pieces um, to build a, a squad around Halliburton and a couple of other, uh, Darren Fox and Halliburton basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't quite get the sense that Buddy Heald is ever settled in that lineup. So, so Halliburton is going to go up. But, but right now, it's got to be Lamelo. He's leading the rookies in pretty much every stat category. Yes, he gets a lot more opportunity than the others. But when you're mm-hmm. a rookie, very few rookies are expected to you know, take their team to the playoffs straight away in the first season or even lead their team anywhere in the first season. So when that burden's off, then your team standing suddenly matter a whole lot less. And and with rookies, it's all about incremental improvement. How better are you playing each game? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Lamelo for sure. So right now it's Lamelo, but I'd expect both Halliburton and, and James Wiseman to give uh, give Lamelo a good run for his money. I don't know where Obi Toppin is. I think unfortunately injuries seem to have uh, curtailed his growth. Uh, but it'll be exciting to see where he finishes here. Anthony Edwards, uh, disappointing so far. But but hey, I mean we're only we're less than twenty games into the series, so. Yeah, I, I think you summed it up well. I think it's going to be a close race. I had Halliburton as my pick just because how good he makes Sacramento look when he's on the field, when he's on the court. So right. uh, only for that reason, I picked Halliburton. Uh, Lamela has been amazing. He's been fun to watch as well. He's he's throwing those long court, pa- yeah. uh, the whole full court passes like Jokic, yeah. right? So he's been fun to watch. But I think Halliburton really makes Sacramento look Actually, better. Actually, he's uh, has been throwing full court passes like Lonzo. I think that's the nearest yeah. comparison you have. That's... Yeah. He doesn't have a Zion, but but he's loving it pretty well anyway. True. True. So that was my pick. I think we got in all our picks. We agreed on yeah. almost all of them. Uh, no real debate there. A slight disagreement on the Rookie of the Year. But it's not really a disagreement. It's more like perspective. Yeah, it's going to be a close one. Rookie of the Year. It could go yeah. either way. Yeah. yeah uh, just before we close out, any picks for uh, any shout-outs for the Coach of the Year if you had to pick? Any, any coach who has made any team look better? Yeah, I, do, I don't think uh, coach of the year is something I'd, I'd really wait until at least the halfway mark of the season because mm-hmm. uh, right now it's easy to credit uh, coaches. Right now, if you arrange the coaches, it will largely be in descending order of results. It, it's just going to yeah. be as simple as that because until you face adversity, until you start having to do a bunch of rotations, experiment, have some players out to injury, uh, have some defensive frailties exposed and then make adjustments that actually pay off a coach, judging a coach is going to take time. I, I think, because um, what numbers do coaches have for them to be judged by other than their win-loss record? So True. the coach judgment is a whole lot more subjective than the player judgment. So I'd, I'd probably hold off till um, till the halfway mark. Because if you hold me to an answer right now, it'll probably be whoever's stopping the, let's just say, uh, Doc Rivers, because he's getting the, the 76ers to finally play like the, we all expected them to play for the last two, three seasons. Okay. Uh, that that's fair enough. Uh, that's all for today's episode. But just before I close out, I think we'll both agree on this. Uh, who has been your biggest disappointment this year, uh, Russell Westbrook? No, we, I don't. I don't think we'll agree on this because you're the only one that expected anything from him this year. <laughs> I, I I expected nothing more than stat padding. Stat padding is what we're getting. I mean, 163 points on 163 shots in this era of of three shooting and free throws all over the park is just. 
yeah it's kind of sad to see him fade away like this and i really hope he can turn it around at least be re- i mean reliable person for the wizards right? i'm not expecting him to go on a yeah. championship team and do well and what not but at least on the wizards you got to be a better yeah, he probably out. can i mean to be fair it is a new team and it's not like he walked into the 2015 golden state warriors or it's, it's the yeah. wizards <laughs> they, um, they were garbage even before he rolled into town so uh, it might be a bit harsh to judge him but just his individual performance it's been a rough start Uh, yeah. shooting wise just just the way he's been and it's not for lack of opportunity or that he's not been put in positions to score so uh, maybe work out some of that uh, chemistry with Bradley Beal who who looks absolutely dejected at this point but if if that works out great um, if Beal moves i think we're looking at another stat pad festival for Russell Westbrook without any going anywhere right um, so that's all for today it was fun doing these predictions and uh, kind of a where we stand analysis right so uh-huh. I, i like doing this i enjoy doing this always uh, and i'll talk to you tomorrow all right man cheers bye, bye.